Hi everyone and welcome to the Nourish podcast. Uh, It is the 12th of August today and it is blisteringly, blisteringly warm here in the UK, which is such a change. It's been like this now for maybe five or six days on the trot. In fact, actually, let me do this. Okay, Google, what is the temperature? Northampton it's currently 33 degrees there so 33 degrees at the moment here in Northampton and it's probably about 40 degrees here in my office which is incredibly uncomfortable but um, I thought I would do podcast today because it's too hot to be doing classes at home and and working out so I thought well I'll, I'll use this time I'll come and do uh, a, a bit of a podcast with you guys and just just really do an introduction to myself so I've kind of come up with a few questions that people have asked me over the time that they've known me or people have asked me when first starting working with Nourished and I thought I'd put them together and compile like a bit of a get to know me kind of podcast so um, obviously one of the biggest questions I think we all get asked is who are you you know what what, what am I about what am I what's my kind of take on things and this is such a deep question and and it's a question you know where do you go with the answer where as a yoga teacher when you're going through all of the the yoga philosophy and and the sort of really deep sort of historical kind of work of yoga you're told not to you know your name your your age your color of your hair color of your eyes that's not who you are that's what you are um and, and you know who you are is that deep divine uh, you know being that sort of resides within your soul and, and and your you know your deeper energies but obviously for the sake of getting to know someone the answers of what you are is probably the easiest thing to kind of come out with um, so for the sake of keeping that answer really simple and not going off on a tangent my name is Leslie um, I'm 39 years old I'm nearly 40 actually and I've spent most of my 39th year stuck at home in lockdown um and for the last 12 years i've been a personal trainer i've been a nutrition coach fitness instructor pilates teacher but over maybe the last five or six years i've kind of diversified that and deepened my uh, my practice to become a yoga teacher and to kind of basically specialize my services around women's well-being so really i kind of work with middle-aged women uh, up to sort of postmenopausal women really so basically peri to postmenopausal women um and i help them to embrace their lives embrace their menopause embrace sort of the changes that are happening in their bodies and work towards a, a kind of happier healthier relationship with mind body and food so it, it's really kind of grown out of my own personal experiences so things that have happened to me have kind of guided me along this path and created what I currently do right now and you know it's 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 certainly my own life has certainly pulled me in from one direction to another I was very much a uh, like a high impact kind of person before you know I did all of the really high intensity classes hit classes you know body pump, uh, spin, boxing, fitness and if I'd a bit bit younger I'd have probably gone and done CrossFit and things like that as well but my body has kind of told me that enough is enough and I need to slow down and step back away from that high impact stuff and, and actually just 
be a bit more kind and nurturing to my own body hence nourish nourish sort of came from that really and uh that's kind of where I am now. Is I'm just focusing on that women's well-being, menopausal health. I, I have a specialist program which is, you know, really sort of tailored for women who are facing or recovering hysterectomy surgery. Uh, I work with a lot of people who have got things like endometriosis, fibroids, PCOS, um, you know, even cancer, sort of ovarian and and. Um, cervical cancer survivors and things like that so I really kind of work with specialist women uh, women's well-being women's health and, and it's been a kind of a passion of mine to bring this to the forefront so obviously like I say for 12 nearly 13 years I've been a personal trainer and um, working mainly in fitness so all of my clients were very much like weight loss um, and just wanting to sort of change their body shape and really the kind of new side of what I wanted to offer didn't really feel like it fit under the fitness umbrella so really kind of focusing on the nutrition focusing on the lifestyle focusing on actual sort of what's going on in your head what how you feel about your body what's 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 that all about you know all of these sort of derogatory comments that you might make about yourself and how they impact you and your well-being and your health and that's kind of where nourished has really come alive it's really sort of helped a lot of women to uh, embrace themselves embrace their bodies and know that they are enough as they are they are beautiful as they are and we don't always need to kind of conform and fit with these i don't know social sort of thoughts and the feelings that you, you've got to be a size 10 and, and things like that so so yeah that's kind of me um i've kind of gone off on a bit of a tangent there but um, another question I do get asked a lot is how did I become aware of yoga? How did I get into yoga and, and what kind of led me to my mat? Um, and I don't really know. I, I don't really remember how I came to know of yoga. Um, I think it was very much just, you know, I was at the gym and I saw it on the timetable and it kept appearing in certain sort of fitness magazines and things like that. That's probably where I first really heard about it. Um, I'd probably say I was about 20 when I first tried yoga for the first time and it wasn't it certainly wasn't an immediate kind of oh my god I love this this is so amazing I'm, I'm a yogi I'm gonna proper just get into the class and, and do this all the time I really didn't have that kind of immediate sort of love story kind of impact with yoga and I really really struggled to be honest with you I actually for a long time didn't like yoga I didn't enjoy it I didn't feel comfortable uh, I, I really struggled to find the right teacher, the right environment, the right style. But really now I'm sort of in a different place mentally. You know, I've grown up, I've matured. I've really come to realise that a lot of those um, th those kind of arguments that I put up with myself, I suppose they were, those, those kind of, I don't like it, it's, it's just not me. It was my own um, fear of sort of sitting with myself and, and actually sort of looking at who I am and, and and what I've got to offer the world and what the world's got to offer me and I really didn't I wasn't in a good place to, to sort of explore that and explore myself so yoga never never really fit and you know there's there's tons and tons and tons of classes uh, normally obviously not during COVID but there's tons of classes available 
Um, but here in the UK, you quite often find that when you look at a timetable, it just says yoga. It doesn't doesn't sort of specify whether it's hatha or flow or ashtanga or ayenga or you know the only one that you kind of have any kind of differentiation from is is Bikram or hot yoga. Uh, so you never really knew quite what you were getting when you walked into a studio. You you, you just kind of turn up and go yeah I'm going to yoga, uh, and then people go oh what kind? You go oh, I don't know it's just yoga. Um, and I think that was a big part of the problem as well, is, is not all styles work for all people. So just turning up and, and kind of hoping that it was going to be the kind of class that I liked really, just again, didn't fit with me. I wanted to know I was going to get what I was asking for. Um, and I suppose at that time as well, I, I really wasn't on any kind of spiritual path. You know, I had a lot of demons hanging over me uh, and I always felt as though you know, people were watching me and judging me. And, and assessing whether I was good enough. I had this really big issue when I first became a personal trainer that my expectations, or the, or the, sorry, the expectations that I thought other people had of me were really high, but really when not, again, when I sat with this and I thought about it, this was something that was in my own head because people didn't expect me to, to be this perfect sort of six pack, sort of flat washboard stomach style person. They actually preferred me to be me. And uh, and these these sort of um, unrealistic sort of goals and challenges I was set, setting myself, they just made me rebel against everything. So I, I, I really sort of struggled. I really thought people were watching me and judging me. And, and I always kind of lived with my feet in the shoes of a victim. And it wasn't good. It wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for mentally for me or physically. So, uh, but I ended up, you know, I, I got to a point where I walked away from yoga for, for quite a few years and I just gave up trying because A, the classes were really expensive, they were inaccessible times for me because I was teaching my own classes and again, as I say, I just kind of felt that everyone was judging me and, and deeming me as not good enough to take part. Obviously, all of these things are now really, as I know now, my own demons. They were They were my demons, my own thoughts were my demons. And a lot of classes here, I, I don't know if this is sort of like, like this across the world or whether it's just a UK thing or a Western thing, or I don't know, but, you know, yoga I always thought was meant to be sort of really inclusive and really friendly and really caring and really loving, but so many classes sort of back when I was in my 20s seemed to be really clicky and quite bitchy really, so I, I just, I gave up. Um, but I kept being called back. I kept getting this sort of urge to go and try again. And I kept thinking that maybe I wanted to be a yoga teacher, but how could I be a yoga teacher when I couldn't even go to a yoga class? And it was really challenging. But eventually I actually found a teacher who I just adore. So this day, I absolutely adore this teacher. And, and, and she taught me so much. And the style just worked. Her, her temperament worked. Her everything her the flows worked her sequences worked just you know all kind of fell into place and and that was really where I started my journey and that was probably about seven years six or seven years ago even then my practice still remained quite broken so I, I'd kind of be in one week but not the next because I'd have a client appointment or, or something that I'd have to go and do so my practice didn't really kind of um really settle for a couple of years after that so it was probably only maybe about four or five years that I really started to consistently practice um, 
which is a shame because really now when I look back I wish I'd stuck with it a lot more in my younger years and um, with the question I got asked a couple of weeks ago which was when did I know that I wanted to be a yoga instructor and this is a really weird one like I just said I kept getting like thoughts and callings in my mind that maybe I should be a yoga teacher um but how could I do this when I, I didn't even I couldn't even find a class I enjoyed or, or sort of stick to a consistent practice and it, it just kept coming up in my life it kept coming up and coming up and coming up you know you try do yoga teacher training do yoga teacher training every time I looked at yoga teacher training it was in excess of three thousand pounds it was either like a three or four week um, sort of retreat style training or uh, maybe sort of 16 weekends that I would have to sort of drive to, to London or Manchester or, or somewhere that's like at least an hour and a half away from where I live now and I really struggled with that I really struggled with having to give up that many weekends I didn't mind the idea so much of going on a retreat but I just didn't have the financial backing or justification to, to throw that much money into it um, but it was probably really about three or four years ago that I really started thinking about it more strongly and then probably about 18 months to a year ago that my partner actually sort of brought the idea up to me and said you know <laughs> without being rude you're not getting any younger are you gonna sort of look into doing this maybe you should go to Bali or India or wherever and I actually found a teacher training in Greece and Greece is kind of like my it's my my high, my home in my heart. It's, it's obviously I'm not Greek, but um, it's certainly somewhere where I where I really sort of love being. And I found a teacher training in one of on one of the islands, and and I was going to go on it in uh, September of last year. And then I had uh, what was it? I I, had, I found out in in late August that I needed to have surgery. Um, so I kind of put it on the back burner until 2020. And I was going to go in May. And then obviously COVID happened, so that's that was the end of that trip to Greece. Um, in fact, really, as I speak now, we've just cancelled our third time of trying to go to Greece this year. So we've pretty much given up on visiting um, visiting our favourite place in the, in the world this year. So really, um, like many people, my yoga teacher training has come from couple of different places really so a lot of it's uh, you know a lot of my f philosophy knowledge is, is self-study it's, it's the books that I've read and, and still read um, but also I have completed obviously my 500 hour teach training which I was a bit dubious of doing online I really didn't think that I would be able to to get that kind of depth of knowledge from online training but the the course was actually delivered a lot online alive so you know you could ask questions it was like being there in person but obviously not so these are the sort of challenges that, that COVID has really offered us and I'm actually about to start another training course um, which is very very deep philosophy very very deep um, sort of rooted in in Indian culture and it's actually with a, a company in, in Rishikesh I'm super excited to be starting that. I actually started on Saturday this week and again that's live. It's 25 days of full time in the classroom but it's all done live online so there's no real discernible difference in terms of the attention that you get from your teachers but 
obviously you haven't got to travel to India during a global pandemic, which is always a good thing. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really hard to kind of admit that I'm, I'm gutted I didn't get to go and do the three weeks in Greece, but, you know, at the end of the day, I've got some super, I've, I've met some super amazing people, I've made some friends for life, and, you know, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot and not only that I've managed to incorporate everything into a covid lockdown lifestyle and create a business from it so it's there is silver linings when you look for them um again another question I've recently been asked and, and I've been asked many times before is you know what makes me feel inspired or like I'm I'm my best self and I'm living my best self and I think that really I mean I love to help people I I love to help other people feel good and I think that's what I was looking for as a personal trainer for like the last 12-13 years but I was just kind of on the wrong path slightly I was doing the right kind of things but just with the wrong um like the, the wrong tools I suppose you could say and um you know working in the fitness industry can be really really rewarding but there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of political stuff that goes on in the fitness world that you know most people don't see but over the time that I've worked in the fitness industry I have changed as a person you know I have grown up I have I've become someone completely different to what I was when I was 25 so it, it's only reasonable that my business changes direction with me and I think coming into like the women's well-being the women's self-health menopausal health, hysterectomy health and yoga and, and all of the spiritual practices that I I practice and I can now offer to other people. Um, it's just taken my ability to help other people feel their best and feel good and, and all of that to another level. And, you know, it's helped me so much. I want to pass this on to other people. So, you know, things that you may not know about me. Um, obviously, like I've said, I've been a personal trainer for over a decade and Pilates teacher I'm now a yoga teacher as well but I'm also um, a Reiki healer I've also got crystal healing qualifications I've got massage therapy qualifications um, aromatherapy uh, reflexology I've got loads of different things naturopathy and, and all of these other things that I kind of I don't shout about them as an individual thing because it's kind of what makes the whole package of nourished um, you know, I've got sort of like a university degree level nutrition qualifications and, and things like that. So there's a lot of information in my head and a lot of information available to me very, very easily that I've kind of pulled all of these different aspects of health, well-being and healing and pushed it all into one thing, which is what makes Nourished so unique, I suppose, in a way. Um... So I guess, you know, I, like when I say helping other people, I like to help people feel a sense of worth and, you know, self-love, beauty from within, you know, being one's true self. I like to help people find that. I like to kind of set the breadcrumbs up for people to explore their own reality and, and truth and then offer them different ways to explore that in a deeper way and, and heal past you know past traumas past hurts and things like that so yeah i think that's what makes me feel most inspired um 
One of the most important things I've learned in my life, this was a great question asked to me by Melissa McConaughey, who is a, a good friend and colleague of mine who lives in Arizona. Um, and she asked me, well, you know, what's the most important thing that you've learned in your life? And my answer to that was quite simple. It isn't important to forgive the people that have wronged you, but to forgive yourself of allowing them to make you feel bad, insecure, unworthy, or negative in any other way. So when she kind of pressed me on this and asked me what I meant, um, when you think about like the people that you, you, you kind of hold responsible for your your shortcomings, your your negative emotions, your experiences, you know, someone who's hurt you, someone who's done wrong by you, and you blame them, you know, you blame them for the way you feel about them, or you blame them for the way you feel about a situation, but in you blaming them, you don't affect them, you know, their life isn't in any way, shape or form impacted by your blame, and the only person who actually pays for that kind of feeling that kind of finger pointing experience is you it's you you're the one that's going to have you know the 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 impact of that emotion and and that feeling so you rather than rather than sort of forgiving them of wronging you forgive yourself for allowing them or allowing yourself even to feel that way don't allow yourself to feel that way don't don't give into it forgive yourself for succumbing to that emotion and and that lifts so much off your shoulders you know because before I realized this my life was so sort of isolated and lonely you know I was bullied um you know I didn't people who would say they were my friends weren't really my true friends they they just wanted to they wanted me for a reason you know they wanted me because I could help them lose weight or they wanted me to help them you know pay for things or attract other people into their lives or get freebies from work for them and all these things you know they were kind of using me for other things and it's been I spent a lot of time looking for the right ways and the right the right things to say and do and, and always trying to be a people pleaser and you know sort of I was always worried about what other people thought which also comes back to that what I was saying about going to yoga and being judged and things like that you know it just I lived my life to keep other people happy rather than keeping myself happy rather than kind of living my own life and being me so I wasn't living that nourishing and fulfilling life you know my soul my health my well-being my mental health all of it was just paying the ultimate price it just did not work and then as soon as I kind of learned that all I had to do was forgive myself everything just lifted off my shoulders it was it was liberating in a way you know I, I used to have issues with my temper you know you wouldn't think it now if you met me I very very rarely get angry but you know I used to have issues with my temper and, and although I wasn't angry all of the time I had a very very short fuse so I always kind of felt that the world was out to get me and like I said before I was in the victim's shoes and since letting go of all of these insecurities and negative thoughts that I was holding against other people I haven't felt proper anger or I haven't, you know, I, I may get disappointed or annoyed sometimes, but not angry. I don't shout and scream and, and, you know, blood boiling and all of that stuff. You know, it's totally freed me of any doubt of myself and I now trust myself implicitly. And this is kind of a running joke with, with my partner. It's, you know, when if my gut is telling you something, you got to listen because my gut is always right. 
and and that's quite you know it's just something we're always going to go back to and I have got a story about that but I'm not I'm not going to go into it now I'll save that for another day um but my gut has saved our lives on a couple of occasions so um you know I think that it's like I say you know there's a lot to to nourish there's not there's a lot to a lot more to nourish than what meets the eye and and you know you might just look at it and think oh it's like another weight loss nutrition yoga type sort of thing yeah but there's a lot more to it than just eat this do that you know there's there's healing there's mindset mindfulness yoga reiki crystal healing meditation pilates menopausal health hysterectomy health and i've just kind of pulled on so many different things that i've learned over the last 12 13 maybe even 14 years and just built something from the ground up that is going to help so many women so really if you're menopausal peri or post uh if you're experiencing you know women's health issues hormonal health issues uh if you're experiencing hysterectomy if you just want to chill out and, and do some yoga you know go and check out the nourished website it's um www.nourishedwellbeing.com and just have a mooch about you know just have a look about there's loads on there loads of new things coming up as well and you know if you wanted to if you're a yoga teacher or a healer or a, you know specialist in women's health and well-being then you know i'm always looking for guests to come and talk on the podcast so it'd be amazing to um to have you if, if you're interested in being part of this so anyway i'm going to leave this here i've been rambling for 25 minutes um and i don't want to go too long because people won't listen but uh i really hope that you've enjoyed today's podcast just a little get to know me get to know my yoga history and i'll speak to you all soon take care thanks for listening bye